The Forum at 8 on SAFM. A very good morning. It's nine minutes after eight. You're listening to the Forum at Eight. As the health minister this morning is taking on the pharmaceutical industry, here's how the battle started. So government last year published published draft amendments to the International Intellectual Property Law. Now, it says to be weakening protection of medicine patents, and the aim is to reduce the price of life-saving drugs. Now, that could mean lost profits for pharmaceuticals. But a secret plan, which was leaked on Friday by the Mail and Guardian, aims to build public support for strengthening medicine patents. And it's been labeled by the health minister as a satanic campaign by, uh, by of course, uh, the public affairs engagement. They're a lobby firm based in Washington, D.C., who felt that South African drug companies were so threatened by proposals to amend patent laws in South Africa that they designed plans for them to fight back. The health minister says it would mean genocide for South Africans. So on the forum at 8 this morning, we're asking, are we putting private profits before public health benefits And are these amendments to patent legislation actually going to dramatically increase access to cheaper medicines in South Africa? You can be part of this discussion by simply giving us a call on 0891104208. SMS me on 34701. Tweet us on AM Live on SAFM. So, who's joining us for the discussion today? We've got uh, the key players, the Minister of Health, Dr. Adam Motsuwaledi. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Jason. Good morning to the listeners. As uh, the agent provocateur there himself, uh, Val Beaumont, also joining me, spokesperson for the Innovative Pharmaceutical Association of South Africa. Val, good morning. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Jason and listeners, and thank you for this opportunity. Joining me on the line, and both of us on the line, uh, Mark Haywood is the director of Section 27 and executive member of the Treatment Action Campaign. Mark, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, and thank you very much. Minister, if I may start with you, because uh, we started off on Friday morning reading the newspapers, the Mail and Guardian reporting that you had access to a very secret plan that was leaked to you, uh, looking at the pharmaceutical industry's campaign to oppose patent laws in South Africa, how they wanted it to be strengthened, and you labeled this as genocide. You said that this was a satanic campaign. You're taking this on uh, biblical proportions, one could say. First of all, what is it about the plans that unsettles you so much? Well, firstly, I must say we knew about the existence of the plan from Mail and Guardian. We didn't. The Mail and Guardian fund is asking us to comment about this plan. So we asked, what plan? And, and we discovered that there is this plan because then the document was also leaked to us in the same way it was leaked to Mail and Guardian. So you've never seen it before? No, not at all. Not at all, until Mail and Guardian phoned on Wednesday last week and say, we want your comment on this document. And when I went through it, I found that, no, it's, it's, you know, it's blood chilling as far as I'm concerned. What was it that, that chilled your blood, you, as you say? Well, exactly what is written in that document. We have got a policy here on intellectual property. It's an open policy put to the public by a democratically elected government, a sovereign state. Every sovereign state has got the right to make its policies and engage its citizens. Now, when you then hear that in this policy you are engaging with, somebody is planning a secret campaign to subvert it, it will have to make you very angry. But because it's, it's just a marketing plan, isn't it? On the face of it, it's just 
a company proposing to the Independent Innovative Pharmaceutical Association of South Africa. Here's a strategy, a marketing campaign to build public support against patent laws, so at least strengthening patent laws so that the patents on medicines can last much longer. It's not a marketing campaign. Marketing campaigns are not done in secrecy, and they don't manipulate conspiratorially. That document says they are going to raise a coalition of forces in South Africa, some of whom eventually later denied that they are part of this. They mentioned the South African Institute of Race Relations as part of that coalition called, called Moving South Africa Forward. They mentioned the Free Market Foundation. They mentioned the Innovative Hub. They mentioned academics. They mentioned business. And they said the campaign must be led by a black African, preferably a former government official or a visible business person or a visible academic. Those will be the face of the campaign, but the campaign will be controlled from the USA. And it will be controlled by a company called the Public It will be controlled, yes. So it will be like you, Jason, uh, you are speaking, and South Africans believe it's you. You are speaking on behalf of South Africans because you are a South African, you are concerned. Meanwhile, you are being manipulated secretly from somewhere. That cannot be marketing. It's, it's evil. Minister, let's give the Pharmaceutical Association a chance to respond. Ms. Beaumont, we, we spoke on Friday when this story broke, and uh, at the time we were asking questions about where did this campaign come from and, and where did this uh, email surface from? I mean, where did you find out about the documents? We've known about the documents for a while. It was a proposal put directly by the US-based organization. It was spontaneously made by them. And I think it's important to note that what they have written there has not been taken from anything that we asked them to do or a situation that we described. It's their words and their policy and their approach totally. So this was sent to you. Can it you tell us when it was sent to you? It was towards the end of last year. I can't give you the exact date. You, see, you seem reticent to answer that question. No, no, it was last year. It was in the yeah. previous year, and they sent it through. Um, I think what is important, as far as we're concerned, it's a member member-based, member-driven organization. And I think as such, there's a lot of procedures, um, process, governance that one has to go through. And that document was reviewed by a small group of people, and it was decided then to take it to the broader group and ask them for their opinion. The document that was leaked was, in fact, a copy of that proposal, together with an email to our members asking them to please consider this. And that was the first time that it had really gone to our membership for consideration. And what happened after that, um, I think the email went out last Friday. By Monday, I started to get communications from members to hold the documents that they were not happy because I understand a lot of our members hadn't even seen it until that mm. stage. And by Tuesday, we blocked it. The whole story around the plan, the plot, whatever you want to call it, is a plan that was proposed by a U.S. organization and you that didn't we were looking it. at. I didn't request it. We didn't ask it. We didn't brief it. And, you didn't and I think particularly I'd like it. to say that the mm. words in that document are not our words. We, none of what we think or do are reflected in that document. At this time, I'd like to go through what, uh, just very cursory look at what was in the document. It proposes a three-stage process. And stage one was to make you, the public, afraid or fearful that big investment would disappear from South Africa, innovation would shrivel in South Africa, 
and that's while strong intellectual property would create growth and opportunities. Now, that's what it was going to propose through a campaign called Forward South Africa, campaigning for stronger intellectual property rights to improve growth and opportunities. Surely it's a matter that at uh, Davos as well that we'll be looking at. Stage two of the plan is that if South Africa bypassed patent laws to respond to public health, we needed to be afraid that Nigeria would surpass us because we'd lose out on investment opportunity to that country. Stage three of the process was to argue that South Africa's health problems are the result of poor infrastructure, poor health infrastructure, improper management, and ultimately poverty. And uh, Minister of Health, we're definitely not giving them, there's definitely ammo that we're giving these campaigns to be able to do this if we do have problems in the health sector. We'll, We'll get to that with you. But let's introduce at this point Mark Haywood, who's joining us, Director of Section 27 and Executive Member of the Treatment Action Campaign. Mark, good morning. Thanks for your time. Uh, When did you hear about this plan? Well, we also heard about it and have now seen the document and the email uh, at the time that the story broke uh, in the Mail and Guardian uh, last week. And, you know, we also feel very taken aback and shocked by the content of both the the, uh, proposal and the email because... Section 27 and TAC and Médecins Sans Frontières and other civil society groups have been involved in a very open, very public campaign to try to persuade the Minister of Health and the Minister of Trade and Industry to amend our patent laws so that we do what we are allowed to do under international law, which is take certain steps to make medicines more affordable in the public health system. But, Darshan, if I can just, if you wouldn't, if you'd allow me to just Mm -hmm. take two minutes to, to put a slightly different frame on it than Miss Beaumont has, has just presented, because I, I think that what she said is only really half of, of the truth, because if you look at the, the email that accompanies the policy that was leaked, it's actually clear that IPASA was very active in soliciting and vetting and approving this proposal. Well, Mark, I, I have here an email that I received from uh, Medicine Science Frontier, and, and as you and I both heard this morning, a pastor has, has been at pains to mention that they deny commissioning this report. They never yeah. produced the strategy, they never asked for the strategy, and they never gave guidance on how they wanted such a strategy to work. Now, I have access here, uh, according to Medicine Sans Frontier, an email sent by the head of Merck, South Africa, one Correct. of the members of IPASA. Uh, Michael Azrek wrote this email on January 15th in an email. He says, As we agreed at the last board meeting in December, we have moved ahead in identifying a high-caliber consultancy group to work with us. So they approached this consultancy group, according to this. The group selected, it goes on to read, is Public Affairs Engagement, a Washington, D.C.-based team led by former U.S. Ambassador James Glassman. The group was selected after a detailed process where we received pros- proposals from a number of agencies, both local and international. The final selection was carried out in consultation with Farmer, who we also need to talk about this morning, Mark. Well, I mean, you've, you've taken the words out of the email that I also have in front of me. <laughs> But I would go add, Darshan, that if you, if you read a little bit further on, what they go on to say is that pharma, which refers to the multinational pharmaceutical association, would put uh, about 5 million rand towards this campaign. And IPASA, which refers to uh, the organization that Val Beaumont is representing, would contribute uh, about 1 million rand to, the, to, to this campaign. And they... Then Mr. Azrak says, please revert by close of business, and if you don't get revert, we'll assume that we are going ahead towards a very successful outcome. So 
I don't think they can distance themselves in quite the way that they're trying to do. And actually, I believe that there should be a, a, an investigation into what these companies are doing, because this is a subversion of democracy, and it is using the money of which these companies have very, very large pots of to, to undermine a, a political process, and, and, and that is just totally unacceptable. Val Beaumont, how do you respond? Uh, are you saying that yeah. you didn't solicit this information, you didn't solicit the campaign, and here's a leaked email from one of your members saying that they've selected this company, they've selected yeah. their campaign from a number of other proposals? I think I'd like to answer what I, I want to answer, Mark, and I want to also give some detail because I think it's very, very important to understand how this whole thing works. In any association, we represent a number of member companies, and the way we do business is for a small group of experts to work up any subject um, and then to come to either, it might be doing research, it might be working up um, possibilities and proposals, and we've had a small group looking at the IP policy, and that group has engaged with government and the various processes made available to us. We, in fact, did a submission, as Mark says. It's a very, it's a, the stakeholder interest in this is enormous, and there's mm -hmm. a broad range of stakeholders out there. I must point out that it goes way beyond medicines, and, in fact, it's a whole intellectual property policy. It's I, I feel like we're avoiding the question No, I'm not. Here. I'm getting back to it. So we did a submission. Mm -hmm. It's in there. It's part of everything that's on public record. And what we think about the IP policy is a matter of public record, and that is absolutely clear. We then... Um, what, what, one of the things we wanted to do was to engage further with government. It hasn't always been easy to have those discussions, and we did indeed look at a communications campaign that would assist us in having those discussions, engaging other stakeholders and engaging with government. We believe that this is absolutely okay. It's a normal democratic society. The policy is out there for debate, and we would like to feel that debate and see multiple stakeholders, not just the few who are engaging at the moment, engaging in it. I, I'm still not no, hearing, we want to broaden the debate. I'm, I'm still so not hearing the answer, if, if I may, Ms. Beaumont, to get to the crux of the issue. In this email that we can see, you identified, one of yes. your members identified PAE. Is that true or not? The small IP subgroup received this proposal from whatever, PAE, together with local submissions, and then the small subgroup promoted that um, PAE proposal to the broader membership to see if they approved it. So, and the broader membership turned it down within the next, it was the next working group. I'm going to ask again, because you, all, all you've said is that the small working group received the email. Did they no, ask not the email, no, the proposal. The, the proposal so they received the proposal, me. but did they... Did they ask for it? Did no. they ask for no. a proposal from no. PAE? No. So this is a complete fabrication. This email that we've, well, we've got as a leaked copy here saying that from Michael Azrak, head of Merck South Africa, one of your members, we have moved ahead in identifying a high-caliber consultancy selected after a detailed process. That is not true. If you consider approaching them, selecting them, they're two different issues. We did not approach. We were looking at policies, and onto our table came this thing from PAE. Okay, but, but once again, you didn't And they have not been selected, but they were discussed. 34701, if you'd like to write in, 24 minutes after eight, we have to take a short break. We'll return to your calls then, 0891 We'll take your calls right after this. My name is Anele, and I vote because I want to be heard. Hi, I'm Sashi Naidu, and I vote because I'm proud of my freedom. I'm Joey Razdin. I'm voting because South Africa is the best country in the entire world. Hi, I'm Lira. 
And I vote because my vote is my voice. Nice. <laughs> Your last chance to register to vote is on 8 and 9 February. Call 0800 11 8000 or visit elections.org.za for more information. IEC. I vote South Africa. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 25 minutes after 8, Sully and Limpopo calls in. Good morning, Sully. Hi, Sully. Uh, morning, Darshan. Morning, morning Honorable Minister and all your team there. You know, I've been following this. I heard you on Friday morning. Clearly asked Ms. Beaumont, are you involved? And she clearly denied it. She had nothing to do. I heard that on the radio with you, Darshan. Today she is now in a fix because everything has been leaked and it clearly shows that they are party to it. I just want to ask our Honorable Minister who has done so much good for the health industry, why hasn't he moved very quickly to change the patents? And secondly, it's quite clear when you read all the volumes of books how the lobbies in Washington just manipulate the world and cause havoc. In India and Brazil, they've moved quickly to sort this out. And Ms. Beaumont is in a fix now because she denied it vehemently on you Friday when you called her. Now she's trying to run away from it, but she has her own organization has volunteered to give money. Mm-hmm. And how can she get out of this fix with all this? Come to the point, Ms. Beaumont. Are you or not, from what I gather now, you are directly involved. I don't mean you, your organization. Mr. Minister, you carry on with the magnificent work that you're doing. And let's sort this out once and for all. Sully, thanks, not thanks for your call there, Sully. Well, Minister, you're not off the line either, because we off the hook either, because we need to actually look at some of the issues that have caused this kind of campaign to come to surface, because they've identified weaknesses here in South Africa, and using that as part of the strategy to campaign against the, the patent laws. Let's take one more caller before we le- return to our guest. Julie Hill is calling us, and the reason we're taking her is because she's the Advocacy Officer of Medicine Science Frontier. She knows the drought's policy. Julia Hill, good morning. Good morning. What, what would you like to share about that draft policy with us this morning? Well, you know, I, I would like to say that this uh, this policy, it really, um, as, as I think Mark mentioned before, this is something where the government is taking advantage of, of international flexibilities and, and international norms, and uh, these things aren't really, you know, they're nothing radical or unusual, um, and they're actually something that we've been we've been waiting for a long time in South Africa. I think we'll all remember how big pharma took Nelson Mandela and, and the government of, of South Africa to court um, over 10 years ago over some of these same issues. So actually, my question is partly uh, partly to the minister, and that is that we see that, you know, in, in 2008, there were 2,442 patents granted on pharmaceuticals in South Africa. That's almost 10 times as many as were granted in countries like Brazil during the same time period. So how can we, you know, and these have a direct impact on medicine, medicine prices. Um, and pharmaceutical companies are easily able to extend their monopolies by patenting medicines multiple times and uh, blocking generic competition. So um, what does the minister plan to do uh, to help push this policy through and make sure that, um, that we get an examination system in place where we're looking at patent applications and deciding what truly deserves a patent or not? Julia Hill, Advocacy Officer of MSF. Uh, I know we have to say goodbye to you shortly. Mark Hayward from uh, the Treatment Action Campaign. Would you like to leave us with any thoughts before you do? Yeah, Darshan, really just one thing, which is that, you know, I would appeal to the Minister of Health and to the Minister of Trade and Industry to now finalize this policy as swiftly as possible so that it can move into a process of legislative amendment. Because, 
you know, we have been waiting a long time. As Julia Hill from NSF said, the policy envisages nothing that is unlawful under international trade or intellectual property law, but it could literally save and improve hundreds of thousands of lives. So for me, the best way to respond to IPASA and their allies would be to do what they are trying to block, which is to get that policy finished and into the legislative and parliamentary process. Mark Hayward, thanks for joining us from the TAC and Section 27. Val Bowman, I'll give you a chance to respond to this. Thank you. I'd like to respond to a number of things. First of all, I confirm that we have not got an agreement in place and we do not support such a thing. I think it's important, the inference is here that we're trying to stop the IP policy. We support all the objectives of the IP policy. We, in fact, support the use of TRIPS flexibilities. Our guidance that we want to give, if we can have some discussions, that we would like to see those TRIPS flexibilities introduced in the context of South Africa's new um, national development plan and the NDP, which context is not necessary there at the moment. There is no way that in this country any patent can be extended. The provision doesn't exist in our law, and to infer that we're extending patents is absolute nonsense. And it's on record in our submission, um, exactly as Mark has said, we do support the introduction of an examination system. So I think the point being is the inference is being made that we're far away from this IP policy that we're trying to sabotage it. Not so. We would like to hear from the Department of Trade and Industry what comment they've received, and we'd like to see that it's properly reviewed and properly debated before it's finalized. It's a very important document for all of us. On the forum at 8 this morning, are we putting private profits before public health benefits? And will amendments to patent legislation actually reduce the cost of medicines? 34701 will take your calls, 891 AM live on SAFM. You can tweet me. 8.30 right now, your news headlines with Vibhakshini Chetty. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Your SMSs, tweets, and Facebook comments coming in. Uh, Bizet Shibiru tweets said uh, this raises a question. How many of the so-called analysts are in the pockets of lobbyists to oppose what government is trying to do? Johnny Michael Musa tweets, I urge South Africans to dedicate themselves to a healthy lifestyle to avoid falling prey to international legal drug dealers. SP1KZN, can that person drinking tea in studio do it discreetly? We're salivating for it too. Uh, this SMS comes in more on the topic here this morning. Patrick Masango, is it not possible for South Africa to negotiate for the provision of drugs at the cost price from our San Gomez? Eric in Cape Town, it is indeed an act of genocide. I therefore ask the minister to sue them for such acts in SA on the international platform. Neil Parker in Port Elizabeth, Minister of Health, must understand that normal life-saving drugs like PTSD are not available at state hospitals in the Eastern Cape. Oliver, intellectual property patents are undeniably about protecting profits and much research claimed by pharmaceutical companies funded by the taxpayers. Minister of Health, uh, we'll take more calls for you, but first I want to deal with this issue. To play devil's advocate, have you not given the rope for yourself to be hanged on here? We've got crises in the Eastern Cape, shortage of medicines, shortage of doctors, we've got shortage of, 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 of staff, we've got infrastructure that's falling apart. There's opportunists out there, like the public affairs engagement, who put together a plan opposing patent laws because of the weaknesses in the health system. Well, Dishan, I think you must not mix things. You must not mix things and substitute one problem for, for another. Because we must also be scientific. The World Health Organization has clearly outlined the building blocks of any healthcare system in the world. They, they are there. They are defined. It's not something that on which you must use common sense. It says the building blocks are six. 
The first one is governance and leadership. The second one is access and availability to affordable pharmaceuticals. It's one of the building blocks. The third one is human resources. Human resources for health, availability of doctors, nurses, etc. The fourth one is health information system. The fifth is healthcare financing. And the last one is health system delivery. You know, the system to deliver healthcare. And if you listen Each to Each one the of these are important. So you have listed the problems we are having with one of them. That does not then mean that because we are having problems with some of them, then we cannot tackle the issue of access to affordable Well, the Eastern Cape Crisis Coalition, which was formed towards the end of last year, I'm sure you know them well. It's a coalition of NGOs in the Eastern Cape. I know Cape. And they will tell you all of those problems exist in the Eastern Cape Health System. Yes, I know that. And I've sat with them to show them the plans of what you are doing. If, if you look at the... the, 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 the whole question of healthcare financing as advocated by NHI. You realize that is is geared towards solving this problem. When the white paper comes, you see how under the topic of quality of healthcare we are putting together systems to solve many of these problems, especially in the Eastern Cape. So you've got six areas that you identify there, six areas that you... Not identified by me. Well, identified, identified by the World, World as Health building Organization. Blocks of a healthcare system. And things that you need to rest control of here in South Africa and fix in terms of delivering exactly. healthcare. And this issue of pharmaceutical is one of the six. So when I'm tackling it, you then don't go and point at the others and say, what about those? Because they are part of all that we need to tackle. Well, as you know, the healthcare system is, is, a, is a system that works in combination and, and, and each factor affects the others. Why, why pick on the issue of the pricing of medicine? Some could argue, your critics would argue, that this is a red herring issue. You <coughs> want to attract us to this issue because there's an easy victim and an easy culprit and an easy protagonist of this war, and it gets you off the hook of critical issues and critical answers that you need to deliver to the people who need access to medication and healthcare. No, but that will be wrong. I am telling you the building blocks that if you want to build a healthcare system, you look into this. I'm not picking up on farm, I'm picking on all of them. I'm not the one who came up with this campaign to stop this one of them. I'm putting all of them, HR, governments and leadership, uh, the health system delivery, health financing, all of them are equally important. What you're asking me is like you are building a house and you are putting a foundation and somebody says, are you not running away from putting the roof? Why do <laughs> the foundation? It's a very surprising question. I mean, need, when you build a house, you need the foundation. You need the walls. You need windows. You need the roof. They are all building blocks of a strong house. And I'm taking all of them together. And our, now, at the and moment, and our, and our hospitals and clinics also need those roofs and, and, and foundations, which are, are cracking. Me. Our hospitals and clinics also need those roofs. They need walls that aren't cracking. They need uh, proper clean services and areas to run their, their services. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm, re I'm inviting you. Come to my office. I'll show you plans about each one of those. For the past two years, when we said we are piloting NHI, we've been developing plans on all these six. We've got big plans, volumes and volumes of, of documents. For instance, you are telling me about cracking walls and, you know, yes. If, if you, for instance, Chwane uh, uh, District is one of the pilot projects. I can tell you as I'm sitting here now, 
that for each and every clinic, each and every hospital in Tswane, we've sent engineers there, they can show you a document of what needs to be fixed, how much is it going to cost. You know, they'll show you the plans mm. to show that we, we are taking these things together. So when I take any one of these, don't then come to me and say, what about the others? We are taking them as holistic. And the issue of pharmaceutical is one of the most important building blocks. We, we cannot leave it behind. Well, because internationally, it's not being left behind. So South Africa cannot leave it behind simply because there are problems in the Eastern Cape. Well, let's ask the listeners what they think about that. How is the department doing in delivering health care? And how is it doing in delivering the medicines that it does have access to, the medicines that it is able to buy? How well is it doing to distribute it to you at the clinics and hospitals where you visit? 0891-104-208-34701 if you'd like to write in. Before we go to the lines, Val Beaumont from Epasa, I want to give you a chance to respond to that, uh, that criticism. Do you think that this is a red herring issue for the Minister of Health? Is he trying to distract our attention away from, from other areas where he may be failing? Not at all. I'm, I think I'm going to support the Minister very strongly here because there's the most amount, amazing amount of work that's coming out of the Department of Health in trying to roll out an appropriate health care environment in this country. And we're very much part of a lot of, of those activities with him. We support him where we can. And Do you feel like he's picking on you, though, on this particular issue of the pricing of medicines? I think the Minister will be able to confirm that through partnerships with the industry, we've got the lowest ARV prices in the world. Our tender prices for state medicines are of the lowest in the world. And a lot of this is, well, it's all through partnerships with local manufacturers, with the Minister, and a lot is being done. And there's also a huge amount being done by companies and by ourselves to partner in trying to support this rollout. So I'm afraid to, to level it straight at the prices is, is an unfair comment. Let's go to the lines then, 0891 I know there's other issues you want to respond to, Val. Uh, perhaps the callers can raise it. Are private profits being put ahead of public health benefit? Marcus Lowe calls in from the TAC. Marcus, good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me. Firstly, I would like to commend the Minister on, on taking such a strong position as he has on these issues. And then coming to the point you just raised, um, right now in Kailicha, there are 300 people um, with drug-resistant tuberculosis who needs a medicine called linazolid. And this medicine is so expensive that MSF can only afford to give 22 of those people that medicine. It costs 600 rand a day for one pill. So, you know, pretending that this is not a, an urgent issue that affects people's lives is, lives is just disingenuous. We're not picking on anybody. Um, the urgency for this policy to be completed comes out of the very real and urgent need that we see in Kayalicha, in the Sikisiki, etc. That said, we, I mean, the TAC is part of the Eastern Cape campaign, and obviously that has to happen, but it doesn't help if we fix the Eastern Cape and we can't afford the medicines. So we obviously have to look at this holistically. If we want to afford NHI, we have to make sure we can afford the medicines of the future. And the other key point to make is that this doesn't only influence um, poor people, although it influences them disproportionately, but it influences middle-class people who cannot afford their cancer medicines because they've been, you know, patented and then small changes have been made and they've got new patents. Um, mm-hmm. And it's important to appreciate that South Africa is a complete outlier in terms of the number of 
poor quality patents that we grant. Well, Marcus, thank you very much for your call there. Marcus Lowe joining us uh, from the TAC calling in there talking about 300 Kailitra residents uh, where they can only afford 22 to receive the life-saving medicines. Val, Val Bowman joining us from your pastor. I, I want to find out are the patent laws and the, the draft patent laws, are they a big threat to your members and to their business? The objectives of the draft IP policy are not a threat, and we support them. But could the laws threaten the profits of your members? The concern that we raise is that we support the objectives of the IP policy, including all the issues that have been raised during this Mm -hmm. debate. We, We don't have a problem with that. We're talking about a policy now. We're not talking about a law, so we must be careful that we keep mm-hmm. this in context. Our view is that the policy is not complete, and it's very important that as we go forward and make laws, that the laws truly reflect what the policymakers were intended and that it is cast in the context of the various initiatives of this government. All we are saying is that the policy as it stands is not quite there, and it needs more review and more consideration hopefully debate across the board of stakeholders to put it together. But there is nothing in there that we are opposing other than the fact that it needs tidying up and we need to be absolutely clear on what it is saying in a number of aspects. The other thing that's interesting to note that a lot of things that are already in that, that, are in that policy are already in the legislation. So what's not clear to us is are they just trying to describe something new or are they trying to con- change the context of something that's there? But a lot of the issues that have been raised this morning are already in our legislation. Parallel imports are in our legislation. Compulsory licensing is in our legislation. There's checks and balances in our legislation all around the place. So, so let's be clear on what it is we're trying to achieve. We well, are not trying to oppose it. Well, if, if those patent laws that currently exist were working so well, we wouldn't be dealing with some of these problems and challenges, clearly. It's some of the things that, that the IP policy suggests, it's tightening up patent standards, examining patent applications more vigorously. Allow, fine with that. Allowing other parties to oppose patent we're applications. Fine with that. Limiting patent terms to 20 years. It no is ex- 20 already. No extensions. There are no extensions at the moment. Disallowing monopolies based on data registration exclusively at patent registration limits. We don't have that at the moment, and, and we're not even asking for it. Adopting easier-to-use parallel importation and compulsory license it mechanisms. It is there already, and it's in the Medicines Control Act in a way that anybody taking those imported medicines will be totally protected. So I can go on. So there's no threat to you. So what, what, what incentive is there? Because if, if you put yourself in the mind of, of PAE, the company you put together this lobby for you, why would they write such a heinous policy, a heinous campaign that would, that would a, a, a shock the minister, cause great upset among South Africans, and send it to your members if they didn't think that it would resonate somewhere, that you were under threat so much that you would want something like this? I wonder if they or the people who are inferring that we want to underline the IP policy have actually read our submission. And I invite anybody to read it and see exactly where we stand on this. 0891104208. Minister, you want to respond? Yeah, let, let me correct a few things here. Firstly, uh, Dishon and uh, 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 Val, uh, when we develop policy, we, we put it to the public so that whatever is wrong gets corrected. We are not saying we are perfect. None of us. I'm a Minister of Health. It doesn't mean that being a minister makes me an expert in intellectual property. You need all the help from the industry, from South Africans, from people who know. That's why uh, Minister Rob Davis even wrote to the Director General of the World Health Organization, 
asking for help mm. and inputs. And he has got it in writing. They looked at the policy and say it is weak here. In fact, they are the ones who said it is weak here. Please, at this year, please don't forget that. That was a direct advice from the Director General of the Wealth Organization, Dr. Margaret Chan. So, so we are open to, to, to you know, crafting this policy together. Having said so, let me correct a few things that might be misnomers, uh, which, which Val might have been mistaken to believe exist. At the present moment, the IP policy rests in the Department of Trade and Industry, not in the Department of Health. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. It doesn't come to international standards, which many countries have done. For instance, you are aware that in 1995, the World Trade Organization was established. It came up with TRIPS, Trade-Related Intellectual Property Rights. And it said these rights are to protect patents for a period of 20 years. But after 20 years, generics must be must be allowed to be manufactured. But it says these trips in itself does not protect or help countries. It must be incorporated in their laws. In South Africa, that was not done. And that's what we are trying to correct now. The law that she's talking about is not in trade and industry. It's not IP law. It's the Medicine and Related Substances Amendment Act. Which coincidentally, this act, this amendment act, was enacted during the time of President Mandela, our world icon. Ten years ago, he was taken to court by pharmaceutical companies when he was enacting this law. I just want to mention that part of history. Uh-huh. He was taken to court because they didn't want him to put Medicine and Related Substance Amendment Act, which will help the weaknesses uh, in the Department of Trade and Industry. Fortunately, they withdrew and he went on with it. And the law was passed. Now, Val is saying that law uh, uh, provides for parallel importation and compulsory licenses. Mm-hmm. I need to correct. That law does not provide for compulsory licensing. It's not there. It does provide for parallel importation, but it's cumbersome. Go and try it. You'll never win it. Because it says if, if, if the Department of Health must do it in order to get uh, affordable drugs, I must go and apply to a court of law. There must be a presiding officer. I'm not sure whether it's a judge or not. Who will look whether I'm correct or not and make a judgment on that. Now, we want to change it in the intellectual property itself because the manner in which it is at the moment, addition, uh, it's like you're allowing... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to equate what is happening with criminal activity. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving an example. It's trying to allow criminals to go and steal. And thereafter say, look, I'm watching them, they're stealing, immediately they've stolen, I'll send police after them to go and catch them. The best method is to make them not steal, make it impossible for them to steal in the first place. In other words, put protective measures so nothing gets stolen and you don't have to send And that's what the new policy is suggesting. That is what the new policy is trying to suggest. And let me give an example. Mark Lowe has just answered my question when you're asking me about Eastern Cape, whether I'm picking up on these people. He told you about a, a drug called linazolid. In terms of the present laws in South Africa, we are paying 660 rand per tablet. A generic in India costs 10 rand per tablet for the same drug. And we want to make it easier to bring generics into the country. Valbermont, sh- shouldn't that be possible? Shouldn't we be able to provide these cheaper drugs uh, to our, our population? I think it would be 
it is important that we do find ways of making medicines more affordable. And I think as we go forward into the NHI, there's a lot of opportunities and options that we can look like. I think one must be cautious about drawing too narrow a, a link between access and IP, but I think what the Minister is saying is perfectly correct, but then there's a whole lot of other side to that story as well that one needs to look at. We have to take a short break. We'll return to taking your calls right after this. 891 Bang, bang, cricket. It's party time, South Africa. It's the Ram Slam T20 Challenge. Catch the BizHub High Fault Lions as they slug it out against the Sunfall Dolphins at Bitfest Wanderers Cricket Stadium, Sunday, 2nd February. Match gets underway 2.30 p.m. sharp. Tickets are available at ticketpros.co.za. Select and post net outlets or at the stadium. Ram Slam T20 Challenge. It's bang, bang, cricket. Don't miss it. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Talking about whether we're putting private profits before the public health benefits, uh, Val Beaumont uh, from your pastor and the Minister of Health, Adam Motswele, discussing off-air, and they were doing it since before the show even started. They've been engaging on this topic, and really the need here is to make medicine pricing much cheaper in South Africa to improve access. But can the Minister increase access while uh, Val Beaumont represents her members and tries to do that? And she says, well, there's already the laws that exist in South Africa that enable that to happen. Let's see what you on the line, so eight nine one one zero four two eight. Alex in Johannesburg. Good morning. Hi, Alex. Okay, we'll try. Uh, Professor Sanders is calling, and Professor Sanders, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Good morning to the minister and your other guests. Morning, Prof. Hi, morning. So um, I'm I'm with an organisation called the People's Health Movement. We we strongly support the minister's intervention in this regard. But there are other interventions that are also needed to ensure access, and people have raised some of these in regard to functioning of the health system, which the minister recognizes. But there's another aspect in which I feel that the pharmaceutical companies need to be better regulated. Colleagues and myself have done some research looking at the Medicines Control Council, which has been subject to lots of criticism about backlogs in registration. So we've looked at numbers of applications and numbers of registrations of medicines. And it turns out that the great majority of applications to the Medicines Control Council for registration of medicines, generic medicines, so this doesn't concern patents, Mm -hmm. are drugs that are just me-too drugs, drugs that already exist on the market. We find, for example, that the proportion of brands the market share expressed as a percentage of the total number of marketed brands is, is tiny. So something like 54% of marketed brands, um, uh, 54% of, 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 of um, drugs that are registered are actually put out to market, and a tiny percentage of medicines are actually commanding any market share. So, for example, of these 54% of brands of medicine that are marketed, more than 70% have a market share less than 5%. So, the MCC is being overwhelmed by applications from the pharmaceutical industries for registration. A lot of those drugs aren't even being put out on the market. The MCC is being overwhelmed. It cannot get on with the business of registering essential medicines. 
And the pharmaceutical companies are doing this just so that their drugs are registered. They can put them out to market if they want to, but those drugs already exist on the market. And I would suggest that the minister should look at this and should regulate this much more than is happening at the moment. Professor Sanders, thanks for calling in. Wish you had, uh, had called in sooner because he's given us something to talk about here. Minister, we, we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm going to give uh, my two guests a chance to wrap up. Minister, I'm going to give you the chance first up. Uh, it was a question that Mark Hayward actually put to us. Can't we move quicker? And I suppose it picks up on what Professor Sanders is saying here. Can't we move quicker in amending the IP laws? Can't you push for it through your positions in government? And Professor Sanders' point, can't we regulate our Medicines Control uh, Council as well so that they, they do the right things at the right times? Indeed, they are, they are both correct. And I'm doing exactly that. Exactly that. I want this IP policy to move very fast and I can mention it public I'm going to push the Department of Trade and Industry to move faster at a faster pace to make that we go on with, with this policy How, When would you like to see this implemented? If, if it was according to your timeline when should it be implemented? Well it has already been in the public the, the, I don't know how long a period but I think since October I want it to be done in the next three months to be finalized so that the policy has passed through all the processes. Now, the question from Professor Saunders uh, uh, is very important, but you are aware that I've been dealing with this conundrum from as early as 2009, the backlog in the Medicine Control Council, which, of course, many pharmaceutical companies complain about that they are mm-hmm. not able to register drugs, etc. We are actually abolishing it. The, the act is far, far advanced. We are stop, uh, abolishing the Medicine Control Council because it's smaller, less efficient, to establish a bigger structure called SAPRA, South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, in which the pharmaceutical companies will play a prominent role in terms of financing and all that, so that things can move much faster. We are already far advanced because we have been on this for the past four years. Minister of Health, Anand Maswaleli, thanks for joining us. Val Bermont, I'll give you the chance to to end off our discussion today. Are your members putting profit before the health of this nation? No, we are not. Um, We've demonstrated, I think, during the course of this conversation that we are, are... have done a lot already to bring down the price of medicines. And the one point that I haven't made that's important is that 98% of all medicines on the essential drug list are already generics. So in, in that respect, the, the issue of patents doesn't come into that argument. Just a comment on Prof Saunders. The other side of what he's suggesting is reduced competition, which has its own um, impact. You know, it can negate the effect of, of, of trying to control that. And I think just in terms of, I'm with the Minister, he's saying the proper process and things must be completed in the shorter possible time, and we would support that, and would like to see the proper processes play out in the next few months. So the relationship with the Minister not ruined, despite him calling your campaign satanic, your plans uh, genocide for the nation? I would hope not. I don't blame him for, for saying what he has, and we actually support a lot in most of what he's doing. Well, let's hope the conversation continues well beyond the Forum and Aid. Minister, thank you very much for joining us. Ms. Beaumont, thank you for your time. Mark Hayward from the Treatment Action Campaign, who joined us earlier as well, and uh, Medicine Sons Frontier, who joined us on the show. Thank you for your time this morning. Uh, we will update you as the story grows legs and arms. 34701, if you'd still like to write in AM Live on SAFM. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me on there as well. Continue the conversation well beyond the show. We'll join you again 6 to 9 a.m. tomorrow morning for myself, Darshan and the whole team. Thank you so much for joining us today. Bye-bye.